week two of enough, which is a, it's not like enough, like enough. It's enough. We have enough. Said that wrong. (laughs) We're going to keep talking about finances. And I'm so glad you came back. You know, when the church starts talking about finances, it kind of feels like, whoa, slow down, pastor. Um, There are some areas of our life we just don't bring into church, right? Politics, uh uh-uh. Money, nope. We, We divvy it up. But the truth is God wants to be a part of all of it and all of you. And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to try to talk about the wisdom that God offers that sometimes runs a little countercultural to what we have learned in some of our bad habits. Or if, if you've got it all figured out, I'm just going to preach to myself. You could sit back and relax today. Uh, where did all our money go? It's a question I think sometimes we ask ourselves. Maybe it comes in February when you get W-2s and you see how much you made last year and then you think, where did it all go? What happened to it? Or maybe you just wonder, where am I going to find it? Or maybe, maybe you've had some business ventures that haven't gone well and someone took it. It happens. We deal with these things. But we're going to address our issue. Uh, as much as things outside of us sometime come in and wreck it, we're going to address our issue. And so I want to briefly mention Luke 15, verses 11 through 16, is the beginning of a story that some of you know as the prodigal son. You know this story. All right. Luke tells three parables in a row, and the parable's really about two sons, really about the father who has two sons. But we've come to call it the prodigal son because we like to focus on this one son that goes and messes a lot of things up. Prodigal son. Do you know what the word prodigal means? It's not in the scripture, but we've come to know it. Prodigal means one who wastes money. So we focus on the son who wastes money. So what happens in the story, if you don't know, Father has two sons. The younger son says, Dad, I know that you've got this whole plan. I know there are laws and rules, etiquette in place, that one day when you pass away, I will get an inheritance from you. But I would like to pretend that the day you pass away is today, and I would like my inheritance now. Now, the father's got all of his equity tied up in land and flocks and and things that you can't just make into money because the goal of the father is to give the resources to the son that the son can use them and work with them and bring about growth and prosperity for his own family one day, for the neighbors and friends that are going to go hungry that he can give out of his abundance. But the son isn't interested in the future that the father has planned. The son wants pleasure now. And the father sells it all and gives him the money. And he goes off, this prodigal, and he does what only a prodigal could do, wastes the money. Before long, it is gone, and he is just working day to day, doing what he's doing, but then a famine comes, something out of his control, and suddenly he finds himself in a position where he has nothing. He doesn't know where he's going to eat his next meal. In fact, he's feeding pigs, and he's desiring the pods they're eating. It has gotten so bad for the prodigal, because when you sell your future for the immediate pleasure, the famine will come. Have you gone through life without a famine of one sort or another? That's not how it works. God wants to be a part of helping you prepare. So we look at our money and we think about what are we going to do with it? Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, the more I make, the more I waste. Some of you are saying, I don't have any debt or anything like that, but I don't know where my money goes. And it seems that the more we make and suddenly we're comfortable spending $10 here, $20 there, $50 isn't that big a deal. And before long, we have invested a lot 
of money and things we aren't even aware of. So we're going to address two habits that we all share together, okay? We're all in this together. The first habit is impulse buying. Any of you impulse buy? All right, yep. Maybe you get a little extra money and you go to the store for something and they know, they know that we're all impulsive. So they have signs everywhere telling us what we can do. My four-year-olds turn on the TV, you know, we're watching a, a kid's cartoon or a lullaby or something, and then a little ad pops up, maybe YouTube or something about a toy, and they say, put that on my Christmas list. We have about a thousand items on their Christmas list. Well, we tell them, yeah, it's on there, but I don't know how many we've actually written down. It's a good thing they don't know everything. In 1980, marketers stopped marketing to parents and started marketing to kids. So I've never known anything but when I turn the TV on, someone's trying to sell me something and work on my impulses. And I see it in my four-year-olds. And I see it in myself when I go to the grocery store, and I've been good, right? I just got stuff on the list. I didn't go hungry and get all the extra stuff that I know I don't need that looked really tasty when I'm hungry. But then I get in line, and I'm waiting, and around me is all this stuff. Oh, I should probably grab that. Oh, that candy bar looks good, right? Oh, I'm kind of thirsty. This magazine. What's going to happen with the, the king and the princess? And I better grab that, right? Before long, I've, I've dropped $15 I didn't plan on spending on impulsivity. And the grocery store knows what they're doing. So everywhere you go, they have things there because they know they can get a little more out of you, a little more out of you. So yeah, don't go shopping when you're hungry. Don't go grocery shopping. Don't go into a department store when you have money to burn in your pocket because they will tell you how to burn it. Make a list and stick to it. These are these simple things. One way to avoid impulse shopping is you see something, just say, I'll come back and get it tomorrow. I'll sleep on it. If I still want it tomorrow, go get it. Chances are many of the things that you want on impulse, you aren't going to want tomorrow. Just some things we can develop, better habits. Is it okay to be impulsive? Sometimes you need to be impulsive. We even call that spontaneity, and we, we seek that, right? We want some spontaneity in our life. But do we have control over it, or does it have control over us? The second is eating out. Again, not a bad thing. I love to eat out uh, too much. But eating out is uh, something that the average American does four times a week. So four times a week. You think about eating out. So you're going to go get a burger and fries, right? You go somewhere, maybe it's $10, $15, depending on where you go to eat. Uh, $10, $15, you could have made it at home for two bucks, probably. Um, but it's nice to go out to eat. Take the family, and all of a sudden, your 10 to $15 has become, what, $60, $75? And then, you know, you want an appetizer. It's only 10 bucks, right? They're on sale today, $10 appetizer. Well, let's throw that on there. That's $80. Then we all want something to drink, so that jumps it up to $85, $95. And then we got a tip, and you should plan your tip as part of your meal. I'll say that as a past server. 15%, 20%, they were really good. Now you're, all of a sudden you're looking at $115 to go out and get some burgers with the family. You could have made it at home for 12 bucks. Okay, nothing wrong with going out, but if you do this three times a week, okay, let's just say we're restrained. We only do it three times a week. Now you're talking $350, $400 a week that you're spending times 52 weeks, and suddenly we're up in the $12,000, $15,000 range on eating out. Do we know where our money's going? Are we happy with where our money's going? Uh, we need to understand our relationship with our finances, and we need to clarify our relationship with all of our resources because we are not just impulsive creatures who seek to be convenient at all times. That's not what we were made to be. Now, 
The marketing machine may cater to that very well. But we were made for something more. We have a higher purpose and a calling in life. And we know this and claim this as Christians. Do we know what our calling is? Have you thought about it lately? What is my purpose in life? Or do you wonder, what What is my purpose in life? Maybe you wrestle with the question in that way. We need to know if you can understand your purpose, your higher calling, your mission, and you see yourself as an ambassador of Christ whom God wants to work through for the world, suddenly things start to change. So we need to be clear about our purpose and our calling. Our society tells us that life's purpose is to consume, right? We want to look wealthy even if we're not wealthy. We want to look it. Now, we see this, I I think this is an epitome, and I'm not judging any particular branch of presidential, whatever. Back in the 2000s, we had a financial crisis and everything got really scary. What was the response from our government? We're going to send you money and you go out and shop. Because that's how we solve a financial crisis. You shop, you consume, you kickstart this machine that has put many of us in a place of hurt. So we're made to consume according to what we often hear when we turn on the TV. Genesis 1 tells us that we were created to care for God's creation. All people, all things, all the earth, ourselves. We're created to love God and love our neighbor. We're created to care for our families and reach out and help those other families in need. And I'm not talking about just handouts. I'm talking about help. Help to those who need it. We're created to glorify God, to seek justice, to be merciful. And eating out, as great as it is, doesn't always cater to that mission and calling. Or worse yet, the money we drop on eating out over and again leaves us without the money to do the things that would help us achieve that mission and calling. Our money and our possessions should be devoted to our purpose. If we don't even know what our purpose is, we can guarantee our money, our resources aren't going to help it. So we have a life purpose that's greater than our own self-interest. God gives us resources to be stewards like the good father, and we have to decide, are we going to be a prodigal? A quick gauge on how you're doing with your resources. This is where... We as Christians dive into the mess. We want to know what's really happening. So I invite you to look, when you get home, look over your bank statement for the last month, maybe the last quarter, and just go through and look. Where's our money going? How much money have we spent on going out? How much money have we spent on subscriptions, magazines we don't even read? How much money are we spent? Just get an idea of where you're spending your money and then look at that and think, how much of a percentage of it is going to helping my purpose and mission? How much of it is going to things that probably aren't really part of my purpose and mission. And then simply compare it to what you know your purpose and mission to be and decide if you're okay with that. Look at your calendar and figure out where are you investing your time? And then see, are you okay with it? Is this, is, this, is this on par with my calling and mission? And then look at where you're investing your talents. You all have talents and gifts, things that you're good at. Are you using them? One. And if you're using them at your job and you're, and you're doing a hobby, if you're using them for For friends, on your own time, are you using your hobbies to fulfill the purpose and calling that God has given for your life? Because we were created in the image of a giving, merciful, loving God. Does your purpose reflect this? So, 
We're not beating ourselves up. This is for awareness, and then we can figure out what to do. And we want to set goals, worthy goals. Proverbs 21 says we got a plan for our lives, right? A failure to plan is a plan to fail. Amen? So taking the time to set goals related to our calling and our purpose and uh, making sure that we, if we're not wise stewards yet, work on becoming wise stewards. You know, it's a bit of a jump to just expect to perfect it, but if you can take steps to improve it, if you even know where you want to go and then know where you are, then God can begin to show you how to get where you want to be. But if you don't even know where you want to go, where you are, it's not going to happen. So, got some help. So you can uh, grab one of these on your way out, either door, right outside, not this door, but the next, right outside that door is a worksheet. And I invite you to sit down with your family or sit down by yourself with some friends and compare, have conversation. How would you define or describe your life purpose? What are some goals that can help you achieve this life purpose? What are some financial goals that can help support your life goals and purpose? And then what are some short-term goals? So over the next 12 months, mid-range goals, two to five years, long-term goals, five years and beyond. We got to know where to start. We got to know where we want to be if we ever hope to get there. The discipline of managing our money. We don't like talking about this. And those who have grasped discipline and and really lived by it, I I think they would testify that it is the way to go. It is the way that will lead you into life. It is the way that will get you where you want to be. Adopting a budget and a spending plan. Once you've set these goals, once you know where you are, setting a budget to try to help you get there. Now, others use a variety of approaches. You can seek a financial advisor. You can come tomorrow to Financial Peace University and and let the church guide you. And if you find yourself in the midst of a famine right now, a crisis, you don't know what to do, a financial counselor often offered at your banks for free they're wonderful to sit down with we want you to find success but you got to know where you want to go and where you are whatever approach you choose just have a plan and then in your bulletin we have six financial planning principles that you can take home but if you're already an expert on these then give them to somebody who may find them useful we're going to walk through these just a little bit One, pay your tithe and offering first. This is your gift to God. This is what God asks of us. God gives us and says, give back. 10%. The beauty of 10% is if you make a dollar, you can give 10%. If you make $10,000 a week, you can give 10%. That as your wealth grows, so can your ability to be generous. But somebody who gives $1,000 because they make $10,000 a week and someone who gives 10 cents because they make a dollar They're giving their 10%. They're doing what God asked. It's not about the dollar amount is the reason we stress 10%. Now, we use the word tithe and offering, and I want to break this down for you a little bit. A tithe is that 10% that you give to the church and say, here, not not anything else, but here. It's my tithe. How many of you are leaders in the church, on the governing board, on the financial planning team? Got some? A couple of hands. They work very hard to discern where God is calling us. And they devote a significant amount of time to that purpose. And so when you give a gift, it's not just giving it to the church and it's just being spent wildly. This is a group of people that really work to make sure we're being good stewards, we're attentive to the mission at hand, and we're using the money appropriately. On 
just so if you don't know, we give apportionments. So we tithe as a church to the bigger United Methodist Church. And a lot of that money goes for missions, UMCOR, uh, other support for various missions that are both local and global. We, this church is on track to give over $25,000 in mission giving just through the budget. If you didn't know that. We don't talk about it like that very much. We should. And then there's offerings. So tithe is your 10% of the church. Offering is anything else. Anything else you want to give above and beyond is an offering. Some of you have a calling. You want to give to Hearts in Motion. You want to give to maintain the garden out front. When we're having trouble with little critters in the attic, bats, 700 of them, we needed help, and so we asked people to give a little extra, and we designated it specifically to help that cause, and that's what we did. And so there are ways that we can give. That's why we, it says collection of tithes and offerings, just some 101. I'm not going to spend this much time on the others. We're going to roll through here. Create a budget, track your expenses. On the back side is a nice template that can help you. There's some ways that can get you started and then you can tweak it as you feel called. Uh, tracking your expenses, knowing where your money's going, simple stuff. Number three, simplify your lifestyle. Basically, live below your means. Now, this is important and next week's gonna focus on this. So I'm gonna go on to number four. Establish an emergency fund. If you don't have one, they recommend $1,000 to start with. Save $1,000 as quickly as you can. Set it somewhere, it's for an emergency. And then eventually, when you get a little more stable, take it to up to three months' salary as an emergency. So when the famine comes, you don't have to pull out a piece of plastic and swipe it. You have money to do it. Pay off your credit card, speaking of plastic. Use debit cards or cash. Or if you use credit, use it wisely. Pay it off every month. And if you find yourself not quite disciplined to pay it off every month, just cut it up and remove the temptation altogether. If you have your emergency fund, you don't need it anyway. Some experts suggest, if you're facing down multiple credit cards, some suggest you find the highest interest rate and you, you concentrate on that. Make the minimum payments on others, concentrate on the high interest payment. Another way that Dave Ramsey offers that I like is find the lowest amount. You owe $500 on one and you owe several thousand on others, pay the 500 first, make your minimum payments. And when you paid that off, paying as much as you can, then take that amount and roll it on to the next one. And you keep making the minimum plus that extra, and you roll that down. And then when you've paid that one off, take all that that you've been paying towards those two and roll it on to the next one. And before long, you start seeing the snowball build and your credit being more manageable. Number six, practice long-term savings and investment habits. There's hoarding, which we look at Ebenezer Scrooge, right, and say he's a hoarder. We look at Egypt, and we talk about all the excess and the hoarding. We talked about the, the bad manager, or a bad uh, manager a few weeks ago who built bigger barns for all his stuff. That's hoarding. Saving's different. Saving, you can gear towards your purpose. And that's a good thing to do. Because some of you, I don't, plan on working forever. And we gotta figure that out now. All right, soapboxes off of it. These are good things. Applying these ideas, not just towards our finances, but all of our resources, they can help us reclaim our purpose. Do you know your purpose? God will give you a purpose, has given you a purpose. Trust God and see how it changes your life. It's the only thing God has ever said, test me on this. Test me on how much I will bless you 
by how much you give. Let us pray. God, you, you know us. You know all about us. You know things about us we don't know about ourselves. We can't tell you where every dollar went in the last week or month or year, but you know. You know last year and every other year. You don't forbid us from having joy in our possessions. In fact, you delight in us having joy, Lord. And I thank you that you are so, so good to us. But what you know is that simply acquiring more isn't going to take us to the joy that's been promised. Lord, forgive us for being wasteful, for being prodigal. Forgive us for leveraging our future in order to have pleasure in the present. Help us to be good managers of the talents that you've given us. Help us to be generous and willing to share, to reflect you, to be kingdom-minded, to be focused on accomplishing your purposes for our lives. Lord, help us to trust you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray through the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm.